Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Hello, and welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This is Christine Heath, and I'm here with Judy Sedgman. And we're here to talk to you today about compassion, fatigue, and burnout. One of the things that's kind of a common uh, way of thinking in the work of helping other people, whether it's medical help or um, psychological help or just working with other human beings is that there's this idea that if you do this work, you're going to get burned out and you get what's called compassion fatigue, which is you care so much for other people that you get affected by it. And so one of the things we thought we'd talk about, because I was thinking that burnout and compassion fatigue can also be really um, something that happens if you have another member of your family who's like got a drug problem or a mental health problem, or maybe they're going through a divorce or they're having their own problems. And um, it's interesting how we get caught up in the world of other people. So one of the things that we thought we'd talk a little bit about is how this uh, way that we look at psychology backwards or the way that we look at, we would say we look at it forward, um, <laughs> yeah. it helps with that so that you don't have to have that as a, a predetermined fact that you're going to get burned out if you work in psychology or social work or that you're helping others in some way. Yeah, and the other thing is you don't have to be afraid to feel compassion for people or to get close to people or to really, uh, really get totally involved and, and passionate about your work. I think a lot of people sort of hold back, you know, because they're afraid of what might happen to them. They think, I just can't take my work home with me. And I, one thing that we have to offer is really when you understand how thought works, you can leave your work behind at the end of the day. And you can throw yourself into it 100% in the present moment while you're working. And everything's fine. Mm-hmm. because uh, the compa- you know, the compassion fatigue that comes when you just keep thinking and thinking and thinking about all the things that went wrong and all the poor clients that are suffering and all the kids that are not learning or whatever, uh, that kind of fatigue that sets in is not from the work that you are doing in the present moment. It's from your thinking about it after the fact. Because you know, when we're fully engaged, we're really right there. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, I, I thought you were done. Um, I, uh, um, one of the things that happened to me when I started off as a therapist is that I really, really cared about people. Like I did not want people to suffer as I was suffering. I did not want people to have the kind of, um, stress and this kind of bad feeling that I had. So I thought if I could do that in my lifetime, I could help other people to, Mm -hmm. um, feel better and to be happy that my life's work would be fulfilled. So I get in and I'm really, I really care about people. And I worked with people that were really, really distressed. You know, they were um, victims of 
sexual abuse, physical abuse, incest. I mean, it, I started off working with some of the most um, traumatized people. And I, after six years of it, I was toasty. You know, like I couldn't sleep at night. I had eczema on my skin. My vision got affected by it. It was really interesting. I had terrible relationships with other people because I was angry a lot and I was um, working all the time. I was working like 80 hours a week easily. (laughs) And it was um, a time in my life when I was driven. I was very driven and I, I, I just had to connect with people. And so what I learned was that I was connecting with people on a level of pain and suffering. So I was connecting with how bad they had, and I'd be thinking about that. And that would get real for me, like, oh my gosh, this would be terrible. And how awful this was. And that thinking in me is what created my burnout. It wasn't their issues and their problems, because, you know, it's been 40 years now, and I'm still a therapist. So if I was going to get burned out, I certainly wouldn't be doing this podcast about how excited we are about stuff we're doing that's different in psychology. But it's, it's because I don't try to connect with their pain and suffering. I, can, you know, I still care about them and I'm impacted by that. But I'm looking for their health and I know they can get better. That's uplifting. So it's like knowing that no matter what anybody's gone through, they can get better. That's, that's really uplifting. And, and at the end of my day, frequently, I'm better than the beginning of my day. Now, that's unheard of in the field. That's really unheard of, that at the mm-hmm. end of the day, you're less stressed than you are dealing with your own little piddly little problems. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. But to me, that's the side effect of doing psychology backwards, is the side effect is the provider gets burned out. And if, not, if you're just a regular person and you're not in um, the field of psychology or helping profession, you can get burned out trying to help your kids, trying to help mm-hmm. your, you know, your, um, your spouse, trying to, your neighbors. You know, your neighbors, you know, at this time during the pandemic, you know, it's like healthcare workers are seeing people die all the time. And the more you focus on that and the more you see that, the more it gets in your thinking and then you get impacted. Now, that doesn't mean we don't get tired. Like, for instance, I, I'm a little, I'm, I'm kind of working half time this week because I got tired. I could just feel that I'd been seeing a lot of people and helping a lot of people, and I got tired. So when I get tired, and w- what happened is I, I, um, my husband got a new phone, and I packed up his old phone to send it in to get the rebate, and I neglected to put his phone in the box. And I was like walking by the counter and I was like, whose phone is that? It's like, oh man, I sent that in and I forgot to put the phone in. I thought, oh, I need to take some time off, right? I'm getting, I'm just getting a little bit tired and I need to slow down. So that's what we're talking about. It's like the more driven you are, the more you've got to uh, focus on the, the negative in people's lives yourself, there's a side effect to that. And I think that's the, the, the beauty of working with people's health. First of all, is we know it's there. We're, we're positive of that. It doesn't matter how much a person is suffering. 
And it doesn't matter how much, you know, how sad your neighbor is because of the dog dying, or it doesn't matter, you know, how, how worried a mother is about her sick child or whatever. Those things are real and they're in the moment real for those people. But you know that beneath all of that, deeper than the problem is their innate mental well-being, which is, belongs to us. It's part of us and it's, it's built into the package of humanity. And that's what we're pointing to and that's what we're driving at. And earlier today, I, I was on, for example, a conference call with a group of psychologists that work at the same uh, center that I work at. And I'm starting a group for people that finish so many sessions. We're limited to how many sessions of therapy we can do. Uh, and their counselors are freaking out because that's part of our grant. And they, they think 10 sessions is not enough. And so I'm starting a group for people that can't take any, can't get any more sessions because they can't pay. And the, the uh, people that are coming for free are covered by this grant. And I was talking about the fact it'll be fine. They can come to the group. I'm going to do the group once a week. And I talked a little bit about what the group was, which and somebody said, well, how can you take people with all these different diagnoses and they're all, all have different problems and I do solution-based therapy with them and how are you going to talk to them and how are you going to include everybody? <laughs> and I said, well, the thing is, I'm not going to talk to them about their problems. I'm going to talk to them about the one ultimate solution to the problem which is understanding how your thinking works and understanding that everybody deep down has the resource of innate mental health and resilience and the capacity to get back in touch with their well-being. And one of the other counselors said to me, well, that's a pretty Pollyanna belief. <laughs> and one of the other ones said, yeah, but what if it's true? which I thought was very cool. That was like a breakthrough moment for me that somebody actually said, well, what if it's true? And I said, well, we can research the groups and we'll see if it's true. We'll just check in with people. You can check back in with the people that you've been seeing. And if you feel I need to come back for therapy, you'll have to argue your case to the grantor and it's fine, you know. And uh, th they were very puzzled by my optimism and confidence but it comes from more than 30 years of working with people in all kinds of situations and all walks of life and knowing that once you make that connection, once you can bring yourself 100% in the moment in touch with what you see in them that they don't see in themselves yet, they're kind of sick of their problems too. They're sick of talking about it. They're sick of the hopelessness they come to feel when they continually go over and over the same negative things and there's no real answer because the answer is not at the level of thinking and feeling that they're experiencing. And, um, and this is so new to people and I really, my heart goes out to people that are very baffled by it. But I think the truth rings true for people. You hear it and you think, yeah, you know, I've had moments where I, I began to think to myself, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not, I'm going to stop thinking about this until I calm down. That's a common sense thing that occurs to people a lot, especially parents, I have to say. It's like, I don't know what I'm going to do if I don't step back from this and calm down. And the funny thing is, it works every time. It's, it's really amazing as you're talking. Um, it, 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 to me, it's so obvious and yet it's so hidden the secret you know, that people have innate health and we don't yeah. have to 
treat their problems. So in, you know, those people that you're working with, they, they all have their own uh, training that we got to fix this diagnosis and that diagnosis mm-hmm. and this problem and that problem. I'm telling you, people that think they have a diagnosis, it's, it's a bigger problem than anything because right. the more they focus on this diagnosis that they have, the more they have it. And the more they have it, the more they suffer. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, so honestly, if you've been given the diagnosis, forget about it. Like, that's not what you need to focus on. What you need to start doing is looking for your health, looking for the health in, in your patients, looking for the health in yourself, looking for the health in your kids, whatever it is you're dealing with. There's health in that human being as long as they're alive. And you've got it inside of you as long as you're alive. So good news, everybody. It doesn't matter what's happened to you. You can you can live in mental well-being. Now, to me, that was a big deal. Like, people aren't broken. Like, I mean, I really told people that if you were sexually abused as a child, that you're kind of damaged and you'll have to learn how to cope with it. That's the best you can do. And it'll probably always affect you. But, you know, it's... Um, It can get really small, so it's not that big of a deal. But you know what? That's absolutely not true. And when I started to learn this, it was amazing to me because I had all of these women that had been traumatized in some way, Um, most of them sexual abuse as children survivors, you know, and they were struggling with relationships. They were struggling with their mental health. They were struggling with their relationships with their family. And when I started to work from this understanding, it was literally like a new therapist came in, right? Because like, I mean, I had 65 clients a week. That's a lot of case notes to write. And uh, so I figured out a way, this is back in the day, this is back in the seventies now when we didn't have the kind of reporting requirements we have now. So don't anybody get excited. I don't do this now. But at the time Mm -hmm. I had people in the groups write their own progress notes. And then I would read them and put a few notes on them and, you know, pay attention to what they, you know, add something if I thought they needed it. And it was interesting because I went to this training on a weekend and their notes came up to that weekend. And when they started again the next week, it was like another therapist came in. It was like, see a totally different change in their progress notes. And I knew virtually nothing about what I was talking about. I had a huge shift in myself, but I didn't have any ability to uh, put that into words. So I was like, you know, going by the seat of my pants in every group. But (laughs) what they said to me was, oh, this is the missing link. You turned everything around. And I was like, yeah, it's like, no, look at it this way. And all of they started feeling better and their lives changed and this whole world their whole reality changed it was it was the most powerful thing in the world and I actually made a video I just found this video I made of women that were in that group at the time and how much they changed and the whole thing was filled with laughter it was filled people you know like people who had been in trauma for years and now they were discovering that they could be okay, that they didn't have to suffer from that. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, there, there are some things that sometimes we have to kind of pay attention to. Like if you're, um, uh, 
you have a habit of kind of overthinking things and you can get anxious. You got to pay attention to that. It's not like you don't have that experience, but it's not set in granite and your health is still there. And that's how you get out from being burned out from your own self. Yeah, I was thinking as you were speaking that burnout is a two-way street because part of the problem with clients who've gotten used to feeling that all they have to do is talk about their problems over and over and over again and sooner or later some magic thing will happen uh, is that they get burned out on their problem. And, you know, we're burned out listening to it. They're burned out talking about it. And we, none of us have the answer to it. And yet the answer is within both of us. Right. You know, I- when somebody comes in and says oh you mean i don't have to talk about my problems anymore oh yeah that happens to me all the time because what will happen is i see people sometimes that have been run out of insurance benefits or lost their insurance coverage and so they come to us after going to another therapist they've been paying and um they'll come in and they'll just it's almost like um little robots they come in and they just start with their mother or their father and their birth and on from there. And, you know, I only have one hour a time and I really want to get to making them, helping them feel better. So, you know, I'll listen for a little while and then I'll say, you know, um, I don't think the past is going to help us much, you know, but I'd like to talk to you about now about how, how things are, how you are right now and how your mind works and how you could feel better. And I'll, I can't tell you the number of times that I've had clients almost burst into tears and go, oh, I'm so relieved. I do not want to talk about this anymore. I've been talking about it for years. But they get in what I've started to call the therapy habit. Mm-hmm. And the therapy habit is I'm seeing a therapist. I got to talk about my problems. <laughs> and right. it's funny because uh, I got kind of uh, a reputation for people who come into my office crying and leave laughing. And people say, how come they left laughing? They were so sad when they got here. And I said, well, sadness is a thought. You know, they, they get stopped thinking about what makes them sad. And they start looking somewhere else for their well-being. And they discover it. And they cheer up. And uh, it's really that simple. You, as soon as you find your heart, you know, you find that place of well-being within all of us. Your mind clears and your problems kind of fade into the past where they belong. And as I point out to my clients, you know, it's not happening right now. We're sitting here in this pretty little office and you're fine and I'm fine and we're drinking tea or coffee or water or whatever. And this isn't happening now except in your head. And as long as it's happening in your head, you're going to experience it. But as soon as you think about something else or your mind goes elsewhere or you clear your head, um, it's it's not important anymore. And that that's never dawned on people. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever said, just, you know, leave it, let, let it be. Just let it be. I think one of the, things, one of the things that happens, that is, happens that is that we get really a lot of um, people that have been trained to analyze. Right. They've been trained to analyze why like people say well why do I do that well why is this happening well why 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 and I keep telling them like that's the wrong question you don't care why it's happening you want to think okay what do I need to do to get out of this like what does my wisdom tell me I need to do here so I can feel better and they Mm -hmm. have their own answers inside of them like they they'll know when they get quiet 
they'll know what to do. And there's two things with that. Like if your problem is in the past or you've got to figure out what happened yesterday so it doesn't happen tomorrow, and you're doing that all the time, you're doing a tremendous amount of thinking. So people come in and they're trained to think about themselves all the time. And there's this kind of narcissistic thing that happens where you're like, it's everything's about me and every, your world is about you. And because you're just thinking too much, because where, where does that thinking come from? Memory, your memory. So of course you're going to be talking about yourself and thinking about yourself. But the more you can like stop trying to figure out what's wrong with you and really focus on getting back to yourself, your true self, where your mind is quiet and you're calm and you're just very, you have a sense of presence where you feel the energy of life coming through you and, and you're experiencing your life in a way that is hopeful and helpful. That's mm-hmm. what, that's what innate health provides us. That's really what hope is. Hope is seeing that it doesn't have to be like this, right? So what do we yeah. do then? Okay. Let's talk about why it happened, why it's this way, right? Let's go back in your past. Like if you're happy <laughs> based on fixing your past, good luck. You're not going to get happy. You're not going to get over it because you can't change it, but you can live differently now. Yeah. And the answer to the question why ultimately we all come to it is very simple. It's because the way you think about it, why did it happen at at the time that whatever happened happened? It was what you made of it at the time, what you then remembered about it, how you think about it ever since then, how it's grown in your mind. (laughs) And as soon as people see that, they see the nature of thought and they understand that as the thinker, uh, they have some volitional control uh, about how they think about things. That's the deeper point. There really is one problem and it's how we hold and use our thinking without meaning to. So we don't need to get burned out by our clients and they don't need to get burned out on their own problems. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing, isn't it, Judy? It's really a powerful yeah. thing for people to change and see that that right. solution to happiness today is not in yesterday or tomorrow. Right. It is. That's a lovely way to put it. And with that, I, I think we've kind of used up our time. So we want to tell you two things. One is uh, we're going to be starting a program. Um and in, in a week or so, a couple of, well, a few weeks, uh, and more details to come uh, called um, Psychology Has It Backwards. And it's going to be an online program that you can join. And details are coming soon. And also, um, we look forward to seeing you again next week. And anybody can join it. You don't have to be a psychologist or a therapist. Right. But if you, if you are a helper and you want to be part of it and see how to untangle yourself from uh, the yeah. perception in the world we'd love to have you but if you're just a human being that wants to uh, see something different we'd love to have you great aloha bye bye thank you for joining us we hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone to subscribe to the podcast visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com 